This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. My gosh, you boys already know. I'm not letting that Ramsey boy come over and play until you clean up your rooms. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's... The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Today, because this stacker community is made up of doers, how do we know that what we're doing is on the right path to success? To help us, we welcome the retired king of the do-nots from LenPenzo.com, Yoda. Nah, it's just Yoda's grandpa, Len Penzo. We also welcome someone you do not want to mess with, though we do so on the weekly. Oh, gee! And with us today, we welcome the queen of doing, and yet also undoing, our writer, Paulette Perhatch. But that's not all. I'll do my trivia question. And now, a guy who wants to do, but mostly just hears, Joe, please don't. It's Joe Saul Seahide. Hey, stackers. I'm loving this discussion we're about to have today because I am the guy who will go 100 miles an hour at the wrong wall and hit it as hard as I can. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday. I am Joe Saul I average Joe Money on Twitter. Doug. Nice open man. How are you doing? I'm loving today. It's a great day to do, Joe. Everything's perfect. I'm on the right path. No correction needed here. It is fantastic. And across the card table from me, Mr. OG. How are you, sir? Awesome, like always. Absolutely ready for the weekend. And let's take a trip down to Florida where Paulette Perhatch, I bet if anybody's ready for the weekend, Paulette, it is you. Um, Yeah, so I can ignore all the work I told myself I would do then. (laughs) That's usually my plan. 
do you do the thing, Paulette? Cause I do this. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do that over the weekend. And Sunday night I'm like, no weekends are for weekends. Yeah. Yeah. Just like completely. No, I am not doing that. Let's head uh, down deep under Los Angeles where Mr. Len Penzo, I believe is uh, in the bunker and ready to party. Yes. And my apologies to the entire crew uh, for keeping you here an extra half hour because of my technical difficulties. The uh, antenna was stuck. Uh, the one that peeks out of the bunker it uh, wasn't working properly and took me a half hour to, to fix it. And Joe, don't tell, don't tell anybody what the fix was. Joe pays me <laughs> overtime. I was hoping it would take you a lot longer to fix. <laughs> yeah, Doug had the over. Doug had the over on that, on that bet. Uh, b- uh, by the way, Len, it just takes a lot of time to put all the tinfoil on the hat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tinfoil hat does uh, cause some problems, yes. <laughs> We got a great show today. We are talking about when you're on the right path. How do you know you're on the right path? A uh, piece here from aimleaf.com was the inspiration from this. We're not going to spend a lot of time there, but if you want to follow along, head to our show notes page. But before you do that, Paula, it is so weird that you and I were having this conversation last week and like right in the middle of the sentence, you go talk about ADD. You remember this? This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. I thought it was so weird that you segued right into that. And then it's in my voice. Isn't that strange? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm great. It's like a little thought bubble. <laughs> it is. It is. Why is Paulette thinking in Joe's voice? <laughs> Da, da, da. Well, she does write the show. She's the puppet master. We got Paulette Perhatch here. We've got, oh, gee. We've got Lead Penzo. We got Doug. Time for us to get this party started. As I mentioned, this piece comes to us from aimleaf.com, and it is 14 signs to tell you're on the right path. But let's talk about this. OG, let's start with you. I mean, there's this great quote from uh, Mark Twain that says, the trouble with the world 
It's not that people know too little, it's they know so many things that just aren't so, right? We're so sure we're on the right path. How do you check yourself to make sure this is the right path? Well, I think if you're thinking about like information, being okay with accepting new information might be a good a good place to start there. There's obviously a, a, a lot of charged information, shall we say, that's out there. And it's like, well, let's just look at factual details. Let's, let's try to make a decision that's based on, you know, not just conjecture or I think, or I heard my son is going through uh, an English class right now and he's learning all about primary and secondary sources. And it's like, why can't we just use Wikipedia for everything? It's like, because that's somebody else's work. You have to go find the thing where the guy actually said the thing that you want to say. And then you can say, well, I, I, I've got the actual quote, you know, or, or I've got the actual piece of information. And yet, Paulette, we have the ability to do that more than ever. And listening to OG, we do that less than ever. How do you make sure you're on the right path? Well, as far as looking up information, I'm actually, it's funny, I'm teaching reporting right now. And it's like, yeah, asking yourself, how do you know that this person actually knows? As far as life, I think that's really, really hard. I was struggling for a really long time during the lockdown and until I did my move here. And it's just felt so good. And it's been awesome. I did a a joke on Instagram yesterday where I was like, man, my life is going really great right now. I'm just like, it's it's weird. It's strange. I'm just like, what am I going to write about? You know, like (laughs) I write my sad girl essays. I'm not used to this sunshine. So I think just recognizing how your life feels and how you think it's going to feel in the future. But you never know. I mean, there's this kind of Buddhist idea of like, perhaps, hey, you could get in a car accident and that could seem terrible until you realize that the bridge you were going to go on collapsed, right? So like a small bad thing happened, but it could have prevented a huge bad thing from happening or a small good thing can happen that can lead to something absolutely terrible. So life is a crazy mess and uh, this is why I don't sleep well. It's funny, Paula, because it seems to be, you know, a little bit there based on what you're saying, what we focus on, what we choose to focus on. And I feel like I often yeah, I think focus making on meeting on anything. Yeah. Yeah. Things are going well. And I think, when is the next shoe going to drop? You know, hey, my life is really good. So the shoe's about to drop. Well, Brene Round talks about how the hardest emotion to feel is just joy, like simple, let it be joyful without wondering when the next shoe is going to drop. Len, how often along your path do you check to see if you're on the right path? Uh, you know what? It's kind of in the background. It's always running in the background, and it's kind of like the uh, like on the car, the idiot light comes on, and you know something's <laughs> not right. You know, I just it was always on. So when that idiot light came on for me personally, uh, when I didn't feel right, I could sense when I was not on the right path or something was not working properly, and and I needed to change. I, it's just it kind of was an innate thing for me. I would imagine being an engineer, Len, that you would have like these barriers, right? Here's an example with your portfolio or your path to retirement. If we got too far off that path, like you would have these check-ins. Oh, of course. Okay. So in that regard, yes. For example, I will always check in uh, whether I've, that idiot light came on or not. I was at least once a year, for example, well, twice a year, I would rebalance my portfolio. I would take a look and see if things got out of balance between stocks and bonds and, and, and different classes of stocks. And then at the end of the year, I would do a complete overhaul, look at my uh, total finances. How much did I save during the year? Is there anything that we're bleeding money on unnecessarily? So I would do a checkup there once a year. So there's various types of checks that I would do in that regard twice a year at least. 
And Paulette, I think just based on conversations we've had, you're playing it way closer to the vest. Like you're checking in weekly, I would think. Yeah. I mean, I think because it's like when you have more to play with, you don't have to be as careful, but writers kind of have to be like, keep an eye on it. Right. Um, especially writers with ADHD and two credit cards. And so, yeah, so I check my balances every morning um, and then have like a big kind of net worth meeting once a month. Uh, Doug? Well, it would occur to me as, as Paulette was talking about and Len too, sort of getting more specific about the financial aspect of this, which is why we're all here and why people are listening to us, right? But a path, like let's not speak about this in these very vague, broad terms. A path leads somewhere. So when you ask yourself how do I know if I'm on the right path? Well, first you have to know, do you know where you're going? And then from there, like when I used to set that up with clients of mine, we'd make sure we knew what this process was supposed to deliver or strategically where we wanted to be going. And then we would identify three to five key metrics, the dashboard metrics that would tell us if we were headed in the right direction. We'd set up upper and lower parameters. And if any data came back that stayed within the upper and lower parameters, we were cool with that. It was okay. Um, but if, if any data came back that was way outside that upper and lower, then we'd start to, you know, not panic, but we'd start to realize we're going to make some adjustments to our path that we were on. After that, like you're good. You know where you're going. You know the the left, if, if we're going to talk about it literally as a path, you know where the left edge of the path is and the right edge of the path is. So as long as you're staying in the middle there, it's okay if you wobble a little bit because you've had a couple of drinks. Oh, gee. And uh, <laughs> just picked you. Dang. Uh, and, and so I think, t- to me, that's how I know I'm on the right path is I have first defined where I'm headed and I know how much latitude I have left and right. Were you describing work in process, the, the whip boards? Did you have whip boards at work at your job, Doug? You know what I'm talking about, work oh, in sure, progress? Of that sounded like exactly what you were uh, describing yeah, I mean, there. A, well, so I did a lot of process optimization and or strategic consulting for lots of different types of companies in different industries. And so I, I would just help set up. Sometimes we use whip boards to help us gauge, are we still on the path and how, you know, that was just one of many different dashboards that would give us data. But there were lots of other things as well that, sure. that we would we would set up. But sure, that, a whipboard's one of them. So then, Paulette, it seems to me, if they're doing it in corporate America, you may have, do you have alerts set up that kind of tells you when you're on the wrong path there, to use Doug's analogy? As far as my career goes? It's, no, actually, as far as your personal finance goes. Um, yeah. And you the, said a woman uh, with ADD and two credit cards. I think there might be The uh, alert is when I try to use my debit card and it's like, and I'm like, oh, let me go look at this. <laughs> let me just turn my back on my friends and secretly check my phone to see how much money I have. Maybe a low balance alert might be a good precursor warning. I think that before... would just, it would, that would happen the day my, my paycheck got deposited. Be like low balance. And then they're like, where are you going to go from here? Really? Wow. <laughs> it's amazing that she just delegates that to Capital One. Like they, they take care of it. <laughs> it just, just take care of it for I think me. the thing I try to cling to are the lead. There's like lag measures and lead measures. It's like, if I'm doing this every morning, I should be good. And if there is a problem, I will know as soon as possible. I will know that, you know, no more than 24 hours later. Oh, gee, one more question before you start diving into these, which is how often when you meet with people, do you tell them you don't meet enough versus, or you don't, you don't check yourself enough to see if you're going astray with your money versus 
How often do you tell people, you know what, you're checking it way too much. You got to relax a little bit. I'd say that most people check it too much. There's very little that you can do on the day-to-day to affect that kind of long-term trajectory. You have to do something. You have to do the behavior for a while to see the impact. I mean, imagine now if you're starting to invest for retirement this year. You just started January 1st. You're like, that's it. I've heard I got to do it, and I'm going to do it. And every month you pulled up your 401k balance. It's going up, but it's going up because of your money, not because of the market. So if you checked it all the time, you're looking at the you know your portfolio declining in value 20-odd percent this year. And you may be second-guessing your strategy when... Frankly, you're still so, so new into it that you haven't let it have time yet to work out. It's like that. It's like a debt payoff strategy. You know, you start paying off your credit card. You don't see any impact on that. That doesn't, your credit score doesn't change immediately. You know, it's just very difficult to, to get traction. And if you don't stay focused on the thing or the, the the few things that are most important, you kind of bounce around between things. And you mentioned ADD earlier, but you bounce around uh, uh, between a few things. You're not going to see progress on anything. You're just going to be mediocre on everything. So, And he tells them if they check it too often, they'll go blind. <laughs> Probably that, that, that too. Uh, let's dive into the 14 that are on this list. Thing number one here, Mr. Penzo, on this list of ways to know you're on the right track is you have fun. Is having fun a way to know that you're actually on the right track? Um, well, let's put it this way. It's not definitive to me. I mean, I, there's a lot of things I'm doing that I could be having fun with that doesn't necessarily mean I'm on the right track. It may be in conjunction with other things. Yes, that, that could be helpful. I mean, obviously, if you're not having fun, you may not be on the right track. But it's not a definitive thing in my book. This has to be in conjunction with some of the other things to let you know if you're truly on the right track. Yeah, Paula, having fun? Yeah, I mean, you know, I had a I had a lot of fun last weekend. And yet there was also this little voice in my head that was like, didn't you schedule some stuff on your calendar that you're not doing right now? <laughs> I think some people don't have enough fun, but that has never been my problem. Um, but I do love when I enjoy my work. And, and I also think for some people, you know, some of the deepest satisfaction I've had in life were things I was trying to do that didn't start off as fun. Mm -hmm. You know, they were difficult. They Mm -hmm. were totally not fun. And then only got fun once I felt the mastery, Mm -hmm. you know, that I was getting it. That's true. Number two, though, uh, Paulette, we'll stick with you. You feel scared and excited at the same time. I might be more inclined to uh, agree with this one. Yeah. I mean, you know, anxiety and excitement can feel the same in your body. So oftentimes when you think you're anxious, you can kind of just tell yourself like, maybe I'm just excited, you know? So it just means that you're taking risks, that you're not sitting there and not pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. And I think it's just a reminder that you're actually alive, you know, and taking control of your life rather than just going down the lazy river of the easiest path. Oh, gee, scared and excited at the same time. You could probably talk about this market right here, right? You look at your bottom line today and you're scared, but then you remind yourself it's an opportunity. Yeah, I don't think that we're at the scared stage yet. I think most people are at the annoyed stage right now when it comes to their money. Like a couple of years of pretty good returns have made this feel a little bit more palatable. But, um, you know, this kind of drags into next year and and we start seeing some of the effects, uh, some some bigger effects of rising interest rates and things like that, there might be some panic that comes up, yeah. 
Like, what do you think about the third one on this list? You feel accomplished every night and are excited to wake up in the morning. Is that a sign you're on the right path? Yes, I think absolutely. There are parts of my career where I actually dreaded going to work because I didn't enjoy what I was doing, or maybe my boss was a real ding dong and was just making life <laughs> difficult for me. And in those cases, I actually ended up forcing me to leave a previous job to change and change jobs. But but yeah, there's nothing better than when you're working a project or you're doing something at your job and you can't wait for the next morning to come so you can continue doing what you're doing. To me, that is one of the biggest things on this list that lets you know that you are on the right path. But some of those big accomplishments again, Len, take longer than one day. So I don't know that I agree with the first half of this. You feel accomplished every night. Like there have been some times when I realize I'm only a quarter way up the mountain, you know, and I don't feel accomplished. I guess in some ways, maybe I do because I know that I'm, you know, that this is going to be a long, long trek, but I don't know, accomplished every night. So if you're looking at accomplished, like I did, I made accomplishments. I mean, that's not going to happen every night, day in and day out for most people. I mean, you have up days, you have down days, but when you're doing something that you're excited for and you're working hard, I mean... Sometimes there's those down days, There's those are learning experiences. You can take the good from the bad and your attitude, it doesn't pull you down. So it's how you look at that accomplishment. There's other ways of accomplishing things just short of accomplishing goals. Yeah, good point. I agree with this, how this is said. You're constantly learning, OG, is the fourth one on this list. Is that not something that you want to be doing regardless of you know, where you are. I mean, if you're, I think, I think that does mean I'm on the right track though, because if you're not learning, I mean, if you're not yeah. learning, then I don't know. It's, Oh, Oh, I know everything about this. Uh, that's the time I know that I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> if I, Oh no, I am the force most expert complacency. Yeah, I think that's like, that's a sign of stagnation. You're, you're something is stagnating in your career or in your, your life's journey. If, if you're not learning every day or you feel like you're not learning a little bit, that's a huge sign that something ain't right. But I think you're right, OG. I think that is something you want to be doing every day. Yeah. You know something we are learning? We're learning uh, who's going to win this trivia challenge because, man, it keeps getting tighter. We're at the halfway point of today's show. In just a few minutes, we're going to get back to this piece, and I'm going to dive into we've got 10 more on here. We're not going to go over all of them, but we're definitely going to highlight some that, uh, well, as you've seen already from the first four, some I agree with, some I have some severe problems with. But one thing I don't have problems with is uh, this trivia situation. Let me tell you this, guys, it has gotten tight. OG now has 13 and a half. Len has 13. And Paulette, with her big win last week, is at 10 and a half. Three points separate first and third. There are seven Seven trivia segments left, if uh, my back-of-the-envelope math is right. And uh, that means, man, the race is tightening, Len. Yes, and it, it, I guess it comes down to what OG's magic number is now, right? So it's... it's uh, With it being within half a point, I guess I got to get them all. You got to so. get them yeah, all. Yeah, you pretty yeah. much do. Yeah, you pretty much do. Although, you know what? You had like a three-point lead here not too long ago. I know. Well, I'm letting you guys get back into it. Paulette taking over for Paula. It, it, the game yes. has changed. But let's see Oddly, when she nails it exactly on <laughs> weird baseless <laughs> accusations <laughs> and rude. This is what I like the saltiness. It's getting, you know, it's getting good when it's getting salty. Doug, uh, bring it, man. What's today's question. 
Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And on Wednesday's show, we featured Steve Kerber from Underwriter Labs talking fire safety planning. Well, today we're back with another public service holiday because it's National Reptile Awareness Day. Seriously, people, take care of your pets. I remember a few years ago, back when Tommy Somerville across the road here in our Texarkana neighborhood was cleaning the cage of his exotic snake and it got loose. The entire neighborhood was on high alert for like nearly a week. I personally think snakes should be kept in zoos, which is why I was excited back in 2014 when one of the best reptile attraction exhibits opened at Zoo Atlanta. Called Scaly Slimy Spectacular, it's won tons of awards. Oh gee, I know you're going to ask for like every detail I can think of and Len thinks like an engineer and he wants tons of details and Paulette always wants to know more before she drives up to visit. It's a long drive from Florida to Georgia. So here are the stats. The exhibit took 18 months to build and is home to over 70 species. It's around 9,700 square feet in total with more than 65 habitats, including the Australian Billabond, a mangrove swamp and a windswept desert. I like those better than the Texarkana street exhibit for Tommy's snake. So, how much in millions did it cost to build? I'll be back with your answer and the weird place we finally found Tommy's pet in just a moment. All right, I can't wait to hear the rest of that story, Doug. But uh, for now, we want to hear your answer in millions. Fantastic. Has anybody been to this? It, it sounded fantastic when Doug and I were diving into this I thought online. it was going to be the... I thought you guys were talking about the snake zoo between San Antonio and Austin. I have not flipped a U-turn that fast. Did you go? Maybe in my entire life. I did. And it was amazing. I got amazing photos. I loved it. It was so great. I've been to the Sonoran Desert Museum out in oh. uh, Arizona, which is amazing. That's one of the best in the country. That is just fantastic. I don't, I'm in Texas, Paulette. I didn't even know there was such a thing. So is There's it, such is a it thing. big? Is it expensive? No, I mean, it's kind of just like, oh, we're driving with the kids. They have to pee anyway. You want to see a snake, kids? Let's go. But it was super fun. Oh. Tell me that's not a vibe. Jeff, please. There's a, there's a, there's a whole. Wow. Might as well stop and, and wow. see the see the zoo. What's happening when you go to the bathroom? All right. Okay. Easy. She still doesn't Easy. know what she said. Nope. Oh, gee. I got it. Let's stay focused, my friend. How much in millions did this exhibit cost? 9,800 square feet, 70 exhibits with a desert and a mangrove swamp. <sighs> I'm guessing this is the all-in cost, excluding uh, capital raised through donations and stuff like that. I mean, this is just as, you know, this isn't net cost to the zoo. This is checks written and... How, excluding how kickbacks to local mob bosses. <laughs> right. We didn't count that. Right. <laughs> Left that out. I got that. So, let's see, Italian dinners with, with uh, music from the Sopranos playing in the background. <laughs> and what year was this built? 2014. 2014, they broke ground. Oh, it's not that long. 2014. In today's dollars or inflation adjusted? Exactly what it was at the time. Uh, okay, I'm going to say uh, that it was... Um, bump, 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 bump. I thought of a number, but I want to change it, and I'm going to be ticked off if it's the number that I thought of. I'm going to say fourteen point six. Fourteen point six is OG's number. Len, what do you think? Lower or higher? Ten thousand square feet. 
Gosh. That's probably a pretty good guess. Um, Thank you. It's probably terrible, actually, but I, I appreciate it. I'll say $25 million. $25 million for Mr. Penzo. All right, Paulette, there's the field goal. 14.6 on one side, 25 on the other. I will say 25.000001 million. <laughs> she, she caps Len at the top side. <laughs> and that's how it's done right there. So we got our answers locked and loaded. 14.6 for OG, Len for 25, and Paulette for 25.000001. I'd love to tell you who's right. Man, I can't wait, but we got to tell you this first. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to Uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, you know, what I think about Navy Federal, I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country And I also think about some of our active service members want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender. Oh, gee, you kicked this off at 14.6. Apparently, Len and Paulette think that number's a little shy, my friend. Yeah, the number I had in my head was 20. Oh. So I, I was going to say 20 out the gate, but that I thought that would, would give too much downside exposure. So I needed, uh, I don't know. I guess we're going to find Len, out. Len, 25 million, but uh, Paulette capped your upside potential. You feeling good? 
No, I actually think it's higher. I was trying to play the game too, so I was kind of. No, I don't think I'm. I think it's higher. I think Paulette's got this. Well, Paulette, does that make you feel good? Um, makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see who feels the best in just a second. Doug, I think you got a story to finish for us. Hey there, stackers. I'm noted reptile charmer and trivia slitherer, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Joe's mom got fooled one time by a guy with a snake who told her for 200 bucks he could make it disappear. He took her money, and then he disappeared. <laughs> Looks like the boa cons tricked her. But I wish... Oh, come on. The boa constrictor. I need to build in time for laughter into my. Please don't. Yeah, Please okay. do not. But I wish this had been a con. Where did we find Tommy's pet exotic snake famously loosed upon a Texarkana neighborhood way back in 2018? Well, settle in, kids. Here's the story. Joe's mom had just put out some old clothes in bags for Goodwill down by the road, and luckily, when they went to pick him up, the driver saw some movement and did not put his arms in. Luckily, you and I now know that would have ended poorly because it was the snake in there. Instead, he came and got us and using a long stick, I turned the bag over and saw the snake slithering around all the clothes. No joke, people, but I was as surprised as anyone to see an anaconda in my pants. So, good news that ended a reptile dysfunction in the neighborhood. Thank God. But I'm sure the zoo Atlanta does a much better job of holding tightly to their snakes. You know where they keep them? In their reptile. <laughs> their reptile. Clean up on aisle six. <laughs> and heck, with a nearly 10,000 square foot area, Scaly Slimy Spectacular is one of the foremost reptile houses in the U.S. of A. But how much did it cost to build? The budget Zoo Atlanta put in place was a whopping $18 million, and that makes OG our winner. Oh, man. Drats. He was just $3.4 million off. And... The number, whatever that, uh, whatever his magic number is, just got a little smaller. <laughs> it's got to be three now. It's got to be three. No, it's more than that. Well, there's only six left, and I'm up by one and a half. So yeah, so that's four. Six left. So if I got three more, and you got three more, you would lose by one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> If only there were some math experts on the finance show. All right, time for us to uh, get to the second half of this. Congratulations, OG. Nice work. Thank you. Let's move into the second half. Second half of uh, this shindig is uh, brought to you by Magnify Money. Lempenzo, you know what happens when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash Magnify Money? Yep, you get a free anaconda. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. That <laughs> might might not be the case but what you get that might be even better is you get the great feeling of satisfaction that you found the best in class banking tools whether it's savings accounts checking accounts cds all those rates changing very very quickly time to check and see what's out there stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money tells them we sent you that's actually better than a free anaconda but just barely <laughs> well, just barely 
Yes. You don't have to feed it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's uh, dive in again here. On this list, I want to go to the fifth one here, Paulette, which is you're surrounded by like-minded people you like. Is that a true statement that says you're on the right path? Yeah, that's where I think I'm going wrong. Yeah. That's what tells me that I really have some deep thinking to do about my life, especially after that anaconda joke. <laughs> Who said that was a joke? That could have easily happened. That was a true story. In the neighborhood. Yeah, still going to do some deep thinking. Maybe you're surrounded by like-minded people you don't like, but, <laughs> but very, very seriously about that, surrounded by like-minded people you don't like. I don't know. This idea, Paul, a of people agreeing with you all the time, right? I don't know that that helps you. No, but I mean, yeah, like-minded, that's interesting. I mean, that you value the same thing doesn't necessarily mean you're exactly like-minded. You know, you can disagree, but I think people that you respect. So the things that I respect about someone is that maybe they they care about their family, they're willing to listen to other people's opinions, doesn't mean we have the same opinions, but I think you can get in a bubble. Yeah. I'm with you on this, Paulette. I'm totally with you on this. I don't agree that that's a good indicator. I like that whole notion that if everybody in the room agrees, then one of us, at least one of us isn't thinking. Mm. I like that. I, I'm glad you brought that up and pushed back on that, Paulette. I like this idea. Number six here, you're setting and reaching your goals at least monthly, but again, oh, gee, is monthly too much for some of these goals? Yeah. Yeah. I think at best you could do quarterly if you limited it to one or two things. I mean, we've heard the adage that it takes 20 days to kind of ingrain a habit. It's actually longer than that. But I think if you did something for 20 days, you've got a better chance of sticking with it. Uh, but you can't keep your eye on too many things at the same time. What you're focusing on, if you're thinking about a money goal, that has to be the goal. You can't have that plus 10 other things. And and if you're changing it every month, I, I just feel like there's just not going to be any progress or the progress that you're getting is going to be so imperceptible that you're not actually going to want to continue on the path that you're on because you're gonna be like, well, I didn't, I invested for the last month and you know, everybody says I'm supposed to have passive income in my investments and you know, I didn't get any dividends this month, so it must not have worked. It's like, well, dividends pay quarterly. You didn't wait long enough. You don't have enough money to like replace, you know, your cell phone bill yet to, you know, you have to just keep doing this for the next 20 years. And all of the benefit happens, you know, on the back end, all the benefit happens, you know, when you're exercising and you're working on weight loss or you're trying to get stronger or whatever the case may be, you don't eat healthy for a week and then lose a whole bunch of weight. You eat healthy for six months. And then in the last three weeks is when you see the results. <laughs> like it's, I've been, Doug, you were talking about for the last month or whatever, you've been a little bit more sober than you normally are. And a little bit, just a little bit more sober. <laughs> yeah, last anyway, it's like, that's not when it happens. It happens in month six, man. Like you have to be, yeah, I want to know, you know, why haven't I lost weight? Yeah. It's, it's, you have to stick with it for a long time, you know, people. but you're not saying to people though, let's be clear here. OG, you're not saying don't have a daily to-do list to keep working on that goal. Still have your to-do list and what you need to get done for the day to make that quarterly goal reality. Just don't go in to look at it. Look at your results mode too soon. Yeah. I'm a much bigger fan of just put your head down and just work, just work. And, and every so often take a peek. You know, if you've got a hundred things on your to-do list, it's too much. You need one, like do one thing, you know, do two things. OG doesn't have ADHD. <laughs> That's good enough. No, no. I mean, 
we all have some symptoms of it, but I'm saying like from a progress standpoint, it's, it's a lot more difficult to, to do 10 things successfully than it is to just do two, you know? And if you did two things every day perfectly, you will be in much better shape in, in a year from now than if you tried to do 10 things. Cause there's going to be days when you get it done and days when you don't. Mm-hmm. So, but talking about ADD Paulette, you know, on this list, giving up isn't an option. I would think that that's when you would know with ADD. Certainly that's when I know when I'm like, nope, I'm not giving up on this because uh, this means too much. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what Jerry Seinfeld says about comedians where it's like, he's like, comedians are like murderers. We're like, no matter how many people say you shouldn't do that. They're like, I'm still going to do it, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And I think that that's like with, you know, with writing and stuff, sometimes you sit back and you're just like, oh my God, my life would be so easier if I just got some marketing job or whatever. And like, but I'm like, nope, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is what I really, really love. So I think that that's true for me where you're like, yeah, no, I'm, you know, even though you might think about that sometimes, like you're never really serious about that. Well, and especially in your career, I would think that especially for writers early in their career, there's a ton of rejection you got to swim through. Early, even late, always. Yeah, always. Yeah. Len, uh, there's there's so many things I admire about you, but one of them is the 10th one on this list. And tell me if this is true, but you exude this. You care less about what people think. I get the feeling if anybody cares less about what people think, it's Len Penzo. That is true. And you know what, though? That was a learned. That took me a long time to learn. I didn't learn that until I was probably in my early 30s. And my life changed so much for the better once I I stopped worrying about what other people thought. And I just did what I – instead of trying to please others, I pleased myself. And things just – turned out so much better after that. And it's a, for many people agrees with that. Well, for, for many people, that's a learned behavior. I, you know, I look at, for example, my daughter, she wants to please everyone and I'm, I'm trying to instill in her. It's like, you know what? Please yourself because you compromise. Sometimes you make compromises you don't want to make when you try to please others. Sometimes it'll lead to a lot of unhappiness. So really when, when it all comes, push comes to shove, you you can't worry about others. You got to worry about you in terms of Don't worry about what people are thinking about you. I will link to the rest of these points on this list about making sure that you're on the right path and how you check yourself. And I'd love to hear what you think uh, in our basement Facebook group. Let's have a chat about it. Stackingbenjamins.com slash basement gets you right to the link and chat with other stackers about how you keep yourself on the straight and narrow toward those goals you're trying to achieve. The last question I have for both of you before I ask you what you're doing is, uh, of all these different things we've talked about, what's the most important one to you? Uh, Paulette, we'll have you go first. What's the, what's the most important thing that you do to try to make sure that you're on the right path? I think really, you know, my mom, the inscription on my book is like for my mom who always just said, just follow your heart, honey. It's such a beautiful thing for your parent to allow you to really just feel like, does this feel right for me? Is this something I really want? And to take that risk and to see where, like, I definitely struggle with being a people pleaser and just being like, okay, like, is anyone, am I allowed to do this? Is anybody going to get mad at me? Being like, no, I am like allowed to go after what I want and to grow out of the roles that other people might have for me. So really just kind of like how my life feels and how things are working out. And when it's not working out, like pushing myself harder and learning. And so, yeah, just kind of how your life feels and who I'm around for sure. There's so much wrapped up there too about your values and beliefs, which is also on this because that uh, that I think would instill in you exactly, does your heart feel right with this? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, OG, how about you? I think the biggest thing is just to put one foot in front of the other. Like just do the thing that you have to do to make progress on the thing that's important to you. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be a whole bunch of things. It just has to be a thing. And I think where we get overwhelmed generally is because we have too much stuff going on. We have too many things on our plate or we're trying to tackle too many problems or we think, you know, as it relates to money, like I'm too far behind and I need all these things that are broken. It's like, make sure you have money in your savings account. Like do that thing. Don't worry about all the rest of the stuff. Like do the savings account or put money in your 401k. Don't worry about where it goes and all the other steps associated with it. Just get money going from your paycheck into your 401k. Do the easiest step first. And when you think of a goal, never leave an opportunity without, without moving toward it, doing one little thing. You know, we talk to clients all the time about goals and the things that they want to accomplish. And a lot of times people have stuff goals, you know, like I want to go on vacation or I want to take the family on a big trip or, you know, outside of the, you know, send my kid to college and retirement stuff. It's like, cool. Where do you want to go? Oh, it'd be great if we did a trip to Tanzania. It's like, awesome. Order the brochure. Do something that points you in the direction of, of the thing that's important to you. Don't worry about running the marathon. Just put your shoes on. I love that. Like order the brochure moment. Like there's something really beautiful about that, about this is like the first step that I'm making this serious or like when it's like start the spreadsheet. That's when I know it's getting real. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're, you're not committed. You're not writing the check yet. Yeah. You're just, you know, clients say, oh, I think we want to move and buy a house. It's like, cool, go do some open houses. Well, I mean, what do you, what if we don't like any? Well, that's the point. Like go do all of them. Go to every open house in the neighborhood you want to live in for the next four months. You know, why not? Like who cares? There's just do the thing. Get out and go. Len, finish this up for us. Well, you know, I think one of the ones on here, one of the was motivation that you're motivated. And, and I think when you're motivated, everything else tends to take care of itself. But here's the thing. Uh, sometimes you have to, you might not be motivated and you've got you've to dig deep to motivate yourself. And that kind of lends into what OG was talking about. You've got to do some research or you've got to take that first moment or get the brochure or read up, for example. Why should I be saving? Well, read up and, and, and see what can happen to you when you do start saving and all the good things that can happen. You, you might have to put a little extra work to get motivated. But once you do, that motivation will feed on itself. And once that happens, like I said, it all starts – it snowballs and it takes care of itself. And, and that's very powerful and that will keep you on track. Awesome. I think that's a wonderful place for us to leave it. Uh, let's find out what's happening where all of you are. OG, big weekend this weekend? Yeah. I'm in the Pacific Northwest this weekend. So. All right. After having spent the week in San Diego. So it's quite the travel week. Where are you at? Uh, I am um, in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Well, all right, President. That's right. At a, a undisclosed location. Uh, undisclosed location. Apparently. Yep. Doing a thing. Paula, how about you? What's going on as you're coaching writers? Well, I am working on being in demand this week with my powerhouse writers. So talking about being valuable, bringing value to your clients, and making sure that you get the word out. And then always taking clients in your personal editor program. And people can always write with me dur- during um, a very important meeting, which is we have 20 meetings a week where people can come in and get their writing done together. Awesome. Yeah, that's at a very important meeting.com. Talk about a great place to start. Surround yourself with like-minded people, mm-hmm. like we talked about, Yeah, who might not tell stories about 
Tommy and bags to goodwill. Uh, Mr. Penzo, what's going on at lenpenzo.com? You know, this week I did a kind of a different type of price comparison. I compared uh, stock car parts to aftermarket version car parts. And in real life, because I had to make a decision whether I was got some replacement parts, whether I was going to use the aftermarket or the stock components. So I compare the prices and I give my two cents on, you know, whether the path I went was the right path or not at lenpenso.com. At lenpenso.com. You got to be excited about getting into some of these experiments again on a more frequent basis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got more time and it's, oh, yeah, it's a lot more fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So there'll be more of those coming. Waiting for Len to keep diving in even more. Lenpenzo.com. All right. We will link to all those. What Paulette's doing, what Len's doing, we'll let uh, OG stay in the woods by himself uh, this weekend. But Doug, you got it from here, my friend. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from our roundtable. The path to success? Well, it's often overgrown with weeds and sometimes feels a little like work. Second, Making sure you have a specific end goal in mind is a great way to make sure you're on the right road. But the big lesson? Want to know when you're off the right track? I got an idea for you. How about when you hit the poison ivy? Ma, it stings again. Can you come scratch me in that one spot? I mean, you know I can't reach it. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com slash tech support. Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for his calendar. This show is the property of SP Podcast, LLC, copyright 2022, and is written in part by Paulette Perhatch, who helps writers power their words, their work, and their earning potential with her Powerhouse Writers Coaching Program. Find out more at powerhousewriters.com. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Karen Repine plotted out this episode for us and schedules our guests. Brooke Miller handles the show notes and creates our amazing newsletter, The 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show and both Autumn CI and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. Not only should you not take advice from these chicken nuggets, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decision, speak with a real financial advisor. They're still here. Oh, gee, they're still here. What do we do? Well, I guess they want more. Navy Federal Credit Union is helping their members save when they purchase new homes. That's more. Isn't that more? They have loan options and resources to make sure you get a great deal. Well, that's certainly more. Now Navy Federal will contribute $1,000 as a lender credit toward closing cost on your new home. Bam. There it is. Members also save on their monthly payments. If there's no requirement for private mortgage insurance, that can be expensive. Clearly more. Plus, Navy Federal offers low rates and fees, so you could save even more. Navy Federal mortgage experts can help you choose the best option for you, making the home loan process a smooth experience. Learn more 
at NavyFederal.org. That's NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender, qualifying members with purchase mortgage applications after 916-22 may receive up to $1,000 towards actual closing costs applied at closing with no cash back and subject to loan program maximum, say that quickly, maximum contribution limits, term subject to change. Ask your loan officer for details. Now that is more. Now I'm sure you're ready to uh, call it a day. Welcome to the after show. You know, there's times when you realize too late and not even financially, just too late that you're going down the wrong path. I'm thinking of just those awkward times when you just dig yourself a hole and you realize that maybe I, I shouldn't have uh, dug that hole. Paulette, you just had a look in your eye that was like, <laughs> maybe you've done that before. I was out on an island in Lake Titicaca in Bolivia. And we were climbing down and we realized that we got lost and it was so hot and I was so tired. And we finally found the road, but it was just beyond someone's house. So we were going to have to cut through their yard. And all the people were at a, a football game, a soccer game. And so I was like, my friend was like, Paula, this is a terrible idea. And I was like, let's just, come on, let's just go. It's right there. It's right there. I was so hot. I was so tired. I just wanted to be done with this. So I just started cutting through these people's yard and here come two yard dogs and like oh. one of my big crazy life stories is that I got attacked real bad by a pit bull. And so this was probably eight years later. And um, one jumps up and gets my arm. One gets my ankle. Right. And like after being attacked by a pit bull, I was like, that eh, wasn't so bad. But like, of course, I did not like it in the moment at all. And it was very terrifying. And so, yeah, I still have my little ankle scars from the Bolivian yard dogs which aren't so bad that anyone like asks me about them. Cause I just love that line. But yeah, you know, Bolivian yard dogs. Those are kind of the ones where you hope they ask, what's that? That's my Bolivian yard dog like, moment. You yeah. know, when you try to cut through a yard in Bolivia. Yeah. That's what happens. I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> it happens to me every week as yeah. we all do. But it was like my own fault <laughs> and I didn't want to hike up the freaking hill again. I just wanted to take the little shortcut and hope it worked out great. And it did not. Luckily, there was a, a nurse. Boy. And so these things are bleeding. You're. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, though. And like, literally, you know, I mean, when I got attacked by the pit bull, it was like, welcome to your innards. So, um, you know, I looked at it yeah. and I'm like, all right, this isn't terrible. Like, I was OK. Yeah. After the initial shock. I got attacked, I got attacked by a dog when I was uh, uh, 17. Oof. And um, yeah. And sadly, they had to put the dog down yeah. after that because I wasn't the first person the dog attacked. Yeah, I was not sad they had to put this particular dog down. I love dogs. If I had been a toddler, it would have killed me. It could have killed me if no one else had been home very easily. What do you think about that incident that just happened? Two, two children, right? Uh, killed by a dog. Ugh, uh, yeah. Len, 
Len, uh, uh, there's never been a time where Len Penzo was going down the wrong path and then went, uh, oops. Tell us about the railroad house again, Len. <laughs> that was too late. Uncle Len, tell me the railroad house story. <laughs> that just makes me feel better because I had a recession era house too. That went terribly. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I pulled that story like three times on this show. Yeah, you have to tell it again. So, Josh, Doug, you guys got one? I think my obstinance has uh, forced any any time that I thought that it might be the, the not the right path to just keep going anyway. Like this will not defeat me, regardless of <laughs> this is totally what I meant. Better to oh yeah, no, this is I'm doing this on purpose. Hundred percent. I mean, I remember uh, my third year of being an advisor. You know, everybody likes to see twenty five year advisor lifestyle, and it's like, well, the third year was really crappy, and uh, made six hundred bucks net after taxes and or after expenses really <laughs> you don't pay a lot of taxes on $600 <laughs> so i got out of that but um you know so like there's a lot of times where i think through it, it was just like well i'm not going to i i can't let this be the deciding factor like i i i won't figure out a way to make this work so i have carved the right path out of the wrong path more times than not by uh sheer obstinance. I wouldn't even say it's like will and determination. It's just like obstinance. There's no other word for it. Still going to do it. Yeah. Doug, you've never gone down the wrong path. You know, I I have no idea why this story comes to mind about going down the wrong path, but I remember a time I was 15 years old. I was out visiting my brother who lived in Southern California at the time, and he decided to take us to Disneyland. Which one is in California? Why can't I remember? That's land, right? Disneyland, yeah. Maybe this story might have something to do with why I'm not the giant fanboy of Disney that you are, Joe. But uh, so I I go there with my brother and his girlfriend and had a pretty good day all in all. Uh, He probably like, what the hell am I going to do with my 15 year old kid brother? And it's kind of getting on. It's dark, I remember. So the crowds are thinning out and we all three decide, let's go do Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So we're kind of moving as quickly as we can in that direction. We see there's not much of a line and I trot ahead and I'm in that cattle maze that they put everybody in on every ride ever. Unbeknownst to me, my brother and his girlfriend don't come in behind me. And I just hear my brother say, no, Doug, wait, we're going to go do this other thing. And so I stop and pivot and go to turn and the end of the, like the metal cattle maze railing catches the pocket on my shorts and rips the shorts right off me. (laughs) I'm standing in Disneyland in my boxers. Wrong path. Just, just ripped them all the way off. It was amazing. And my brother's like, all right, well, good luck with that. We're going to go ride this other ride. I'm standing there trying to like piece together the shorts enough so that I can walk around. I'm waddling, trying to keep myself covered up. I go to a first aid station. And they handed me like seven safety pins that I could try to piece my shorts together with. I'm not just waiting for my brother to show up. Oh, that is painful. Hey, That's Dougie, so painful. I, you know what? I got, I got one speaking of Disneyland. This is my cousin's. I wasn't in on this, but my cousin's, this was, we were all about 13 or 14. At Disneyland. And two of my cousins went on that one ride there at Disneyland. It's, I, I don't know what you call it. It's like a, all it is is it moves you from one side of the park to the other. It's like one of those hanging, you're in those hanging buckets. You know what I'm talking yeah, like about? A it's like a, yeah, 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 yeah. Like a gondola, right? And it takes you from like, I don't know, 
fantasy land to the other land, tomorrow yeah. land or whatever. So two of my cousins said, well, we're going to take that and we're going to go to the other land. And, I, and they had these packets of ketchup. And so as they're going over Disneyland on these gondolas, they're taking the, the ketchup and they're squeezing it over the people who are down below them on the gondolas. And they're getting them, you know, they're, they're having a good time getting people soaked with ketchup from the ketchup oh, packets. Gross. They're squeezing. Well, well, they thought that was just great. You know, they were just laughing it up. Well, they got to the end of the the other end of the and the, the security there was waiting for them and and uh, escorted them right out of the park right after that. So and they're done. That's a path, and they were done. And that was the end of their day at Disneyland. And they had to wait in the car until the rest of us enjoyed our but, day. That was a good story, Len. But is it me, guys, or were the rest of you like whenever Len tells a story, are you just waiting for it to be a big setup for a pun every time? Every time he gets into a long story, I'm like, I'm not getting suckered into this one. No, no, no. I'm gonna see. I'm seeing this one coming. I could sense it, and then that one was an actual story. But unfortunately, Len, we all expect the bad pun at the end of your long story. That's the that's the bed you've made. I gave you a pun. Just a, I just gave you a couple puns, and those are on the cutting room floor. They're on the so. cutting room floor now. They went out to the car, and we had to catch up. Ah. <laughs> Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.